Well, I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, where we'll find our text for this Lord's Day. If you've been with us, you know that we have been walking through Luke's gospel together, walking through this chapter together, and today we come to the, the end of Luke 10, where we find a familiar passage to many of us. It's the account of Martha and Mary, an account that uh, many of us are familiar with, even though this account is only found in Luke's gospel. In fact, where we find it in Luke's gospel can be a, a bit tricky for us because we, we've been following along a, a chronology for the most part in Luke's gospel. He, he, he puts some things out of chronological order at times, and we know that we're now at a point where Jesus is set his face on Jerusalem, where he will go and he will give his life for our sins. And at this point, if you were to look at a map, he, he's still likely a good ways away from Jerusalem, but we come to the end of chapter 10, and all of a sudden, he's at Bethany, which is right beside Jerusalem. And, and how I believe we explain that is there's a good likelihood uh, that this did not happen in chronological order this way, that this account actually happened a bit later, but Luke has done here what Luke does in other places and other gospel writers do. He's, he's put these things together thematically. And the theme of Luke chapter 10 so far has been uh, the teaching, the discipleship of Jesus. Those who hear his teaching, heed his teaching, go out and teach others compared to those who do not listen to him. Uh, Jesus is the teacher of the way, the truth, the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The question is, will we listen? Will we heed what he says? And and then when you consider that being the theme here, well, this fits really well into that theme because this account is about someone who's listening to Jesus, someone who likely is not listening to Jesus. And so we're going to look now at this account that is familiar, and yet I want to challenge you a bit on your familiarity with it, and we'll get to that in a moment. We're going to look at Luke 10, beginning in verse 38, and out of reverence for God's word, I want to invite you to stand if you're able as I read this passage for us. And This is what the word of God says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. You would pray with me. Father, I pray that you would help us as we consider your word today to consider what the good portion is and how we might also choose it. Help us, Lord, as we look to a passage that warns us of distractions. Help us not to be distracted. <laughs> as we look to your word and what it says about anxiety, help us not to be anxious. But Lord, the truth is, we will get distracted and we will get anxious. The question is, what will we do 
with that anxiety? What will we do with that distraction? And I pray today that you would help us to understand what we should do in those moments. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As I've already mentioned, this is a familiar account, a familiar story. What we have all likely heard of Mary and Martha. In fact, we've probably heard of them uh, somewhere or something along the lines of, you know, be Mary, don't be Martha. It's usually an either or. We're, we're presented with this account, with this story, and what we usually are presented with is this clear distinction between one who was devoted to the Lord, one who was distracted, and we're given the choice. Are you going to be like this one or this one? Are you going to be devoted or are you going to be distracted? That's usually the clear way this passage is presented to us, and it is presented to us often. In fact, I was reading just this week about a, a Sunday school class of kindergartners and first graders whose teacher was teaching them this very account, this lesson from the scripture, and, and the teacher uh, was posing a number of questions, and they were talking about this uh, passage more along the lines of, you know, being ready for Jesus. And, and Jesus, the teacher, said likely this was an unexpected visit. And they, they, he dropped in with others on Mary and Martha. And, and what would you do, the teacher asked, if Jesus just unexpectedly showed up at your door? Kindergartners, first graders, they thought about it for a while. Then one little boy raised his hand and said, I'd put a Bible on the coffee table. Smart kid. We, we think about this passage, though, along those lines, don't we? This, this unexpected visit of Jesus, this distinction between these two sisters, one who was devoted, one who was distracted. I mean, after all, we just read before in our service today the, the other passage in another gospel that speaks of Mary and Martha. And what do we find there? We find Martha serving, and we find Mary doing what? She is devoted. But, but I want to challenge the way we think about Mary and Martha just a bit today, because rather than looking at these two sisters as somewhat opposites, as you know, the one who was devoted and the one who was distracted, I, I want us to start by considering what I believe the scriptural accounts put before us, that, that this was not an either or, this was not you know, one who was devoted and one who was distracted. I, I think what we find in the gospel narratives is two sisters who were both devoted to the Lord. And I think it's important to make this distinction because if we could get there, if we can get to the place where we recognize that Martha and Mary were devoted followers of Jesus, well, then we can consider this morning that it is entirely possible for us to be devoted followers of Jesus who get distracted from that devotion. Because I think that's where we live. As followers of Jesus, I think we often find ourselves in that very place. And when we're there, it's important that we don't look at passages like this as an either-or, because then where that takes us is, well, if I'm not really devoted, or if I find myself distracted, then maybe I'm not even a follower of Jesus. It helps us to start at a place where we recognize what I believe is the case, that both these women were followers of Christ. Both these women loved the Lord. Both these women were devoted in following Jesus. And yet we certainly see a distinction between what they are doing and how they are dealing with that devotion in this passage. So that's where we'll start. As you see there in the outline, 
in front of you. Point one, this is the first observation for us to consider. Martha and Mary were both devoted followers of Jesus. They were devoted followers of Jesus. And I believe that's what the gospel accounts teach us here. So we pick back up in Luke's passage, verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. The first question we need to consider is, who are they? And I think the indication very clearly is this is more than Jesus. Now, again, I don't believe this is in chronological order, so it doesn't necessarily help us to look back and say, well, Jesus had just sent out the 72, the 72 have now returned, so they might include 72, and the 72 were called out from a larger group, so they might include many more than the 72, and then you start thinking about all those people showing up at somebody's house, and then we real quickly understand why Martha might have been anxious in her preparation. But I don't think that's necessarily the case, although it is more than Jesus. (laughs) And at that point, which I think this likely happened closer to the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, if that's about when it happened, then then they, it's likely Jesus and the twelve. Jesus and some of the twelve, Jesus and more than the twelve, but the point is, it's more than Jesus. And they find themselves now at Mary and Martha's house, also the home of Lazarus, as we see these three siblings mentioned together at other places in the gospel. And they arrive there, and Martha, we see, is receiving them. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, unlike the question from the Sunday school teacher I mentioned before, we don't have an indication from the Scripture that this was an unexpected visit. We don't have an indication from the Scripture that this was an expected visit. We don't have any indication from the Scripture. Uh, whether Jesus had done what we've seen him do and will see him do at other places, sending word ahead that he is coming, or whether this was a, a last-minute visit. Whatever the case, what we're told is that Martha and Mary are now entertaining Jesus. They are serving Jesus and the others with him. There's no mention here of a meal, but I think in the context of what's taking place in this time, in this day and age, there's likely food involved, and that's likely much of what the preparation and serving was. But just looking at this gospel account, we we don't know much about the background, but we can look to other passages, and I think put that together, and we've already read part of one of them today. In fact, when you look to John's gospel, not only do you find the passage we read from early in 12, you find the entire chapter of 11 in John's gospel is devoted to this relationship that Mary and Martha and Lazarus had with our Lord Jesus. We find in that chapter, if you go back there and read through that later, that Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary, he had become ill, but previous to his illness, that there was a closeness, there was a relationship that Jesus had with these siblings, where they loved Jesus and Jesus loved them. There's a very clear picture in John's gospel that they were devoted followers of Christ. In fact, one of the clearest statements in all of the gospel accounts, one of the clearest confessions about Jesus being Lord comes from the mouth of Martha. And the very context of John chapter 11, where she confesses that indeed Jesus is Lord and she believes in Jesus as Lord. One of the clearest times in all of Scripture. And so I think when you, when you piece these things together, it helps us then to get a better understanding 
that Martha and Mary are devoted followers of Jesus Christ, that Martha and Mary believe that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, that Martha and Mary believe that this indeed was the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah, and that Martha and Mary had dedicated their lives to follow him. And again, I think that's key to understanding this passage, because if we get there, to understanding that, that, that Martha was devoted to follow Jesus, then we can consider in our own lives what it is to be devoted followers of Jesus and yet to struggle with things that distract us from truly listening to Jesus, open up the words of Jesus, trusting in Jesus, walking daily with Jesus. Because we too get distracted, don't we? It is likely that some of us are distracted right now. Many of us carry with us on a 24-hour basis a little distraction reminder in our pocket. I was going to, I've actually written in my notes, hold up phone right now, and I forgot to bring my phone with me because I didn't want to be distracted. But this is one of the rare times you'll find me without my phone on me. Well, we have phones that distract us, and if we didn't have a phone, we have a brain, <laughs> and we have a mind, and we have all these things that we're racing through. Perhaps on the way to church this morning, you weren't necessarily thinking about it. Maybe you were. The, the Lord's Day and worship and preparation for worship. Perhaps you were thinking about all the things that you had going on before you got here and all the things you have going on after you leave here and, and all these worries and all these anxieties and they just rush through our minds. And even if we don't come in with them, there's things here that remind us of them. And we live so often in this state of anxiety and worry and fretting and distraction. And so I hope you find some comfort there in knowing that the followers of Jesus get distracted. We see an example here. So let's look to that example. What, what is it that was distracting Martha? And we find that in the second point there before you. Number two, Martha's busyness and anxiety distracted her from listening to Jesus. So let's pick back up in 39. So we see you have Martha, she receives Jesus and whoever the others were with him into her home. And then Luke tells us, verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him or listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And so the context here is that uh, Jesus and others have come into uh, the home, the, the dwelling, the, the courtyard of Martha and Mary and Lazarus and where they live, and that Martha is over here busying herself with preparations and all the things that need to happen, I think perhaps for a, a meal that would be served, and yet Mary is over here and she's just she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Which in this context, in this day, that's, that, that's a position of discipleship and of learning and of being taught. And Jesus is sitting and he's, he's teaching. And just, you know, we, we could spend a lot of time on this, but just a side note that the picture of a man teaching a woman in this context, in this day and age, is a bit surprising to us. It's not common at all. And yet, here we have that elevation of women in the ministry of Jesus that we see throughout Luke's gospel. We have Mary, among others, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And yet, Martha, who I believe, again, was a follower of Christ this time, she, she's not sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
because, Luke tells us, she was distracted with much serving. In the last couple of weeks in our home, there was a, an eight-day period where we had three rather large gatherings. The first of which was to celebrate the engagement of our son to his fiance, an engagement that uh, he had worked very hard to make a surprise to her, and not only to surprise her with the engagement, but to then surprise her with a gathering at our home of family and friends getting together, most of whom Sandy and I had never met. And so we, we busied ourselves and we hurried ourselves with trying to get ready for this gathering. And what was not helpful is that my son is not a detail-oriented person. Well, how many people should we prepare for? I don't know, a bunch. <laughs> and what exactly is an engagement party? <laughs> I don't know. My friend had one. You know, so all I knew is there's going to be you know, probably three dozen people or so. They're going to come to our house somewhere in this window of time, and we need to feed them. And oh, by the way, we're also going to meet our future uh, daughter-in-law's parents and family members and it was the most relaxing day ever. It wasn't. We, we were busy. And we were getting ready. So, so we have these times, and maybe you have them, where you have to call in backup. And so one of our daughters was able to come from college. I won't say which one, but one of them, and you'll know why in a second, uh, one of them came to, to help us. And about an hour or so before people were to start arriving, uh, I was running around. I was cooking food. Uh, on the grill outside, Sandy was inside getting some stuff ready in the kitchen. There's still a long list of things to do. And I walked in and I said, oh, where is College Aid's daughter? There's two of them. You can pick one. But and Sandy says, oh, she's, she's had a crazy week and crazy day. She's out on the front porch reading her Bible and having her devotion time. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm so proud of her. Even knowing this passage was coming, I did not clue in. And what went through my head was, I'd like to sit on the front porch and read my Bible right now. It must be nice to just sit out there. Somebody's got to set the table. Somebody's got to pick up these socks that I don't even know where they came from. Somebody's got to deal with this and this and this and this. And my immediate impulse was to go out there and say to her, here's all the things you need to be doing. But in my wisdom, I chose to say that to my wife instead. You know. Doesn't she know why we asked her to come early? Doesn't she know all these people are showing up? Doesn't she know we don't even know all these people? Does it? So yeah, I can get here pretty quick. And maybe you can too. We get busy and we get hurried and we get anxious and we get worried and, and on and on and we... We do it all the time. You do it on your way to church, you know. I'm sure there are many of you who last night you ironed the clothes and you made breakfast ahead of time and you had it ready for pull out the refrigerator in the morning and you had a delightful morning and you spent two hours singing hymns and reading scripture and praying this morning before you came to church. And then there's the rest of us who on our way to praise God with this mouth, probably use this mouth to say some things that weren't so praising. 
Hurry up. Come on. We got to go worship Jesus. I told why aren't you out of bed yet? Make your own breakfast. You missed that window. And we're hurried and we're busy. I think we can very easily get here and understand how Martha got here. I mean, the picture is much the same. Jesus is there. Probably others are there. There are things to do. Martha's busying herself. She's looking around thinking, someone's got to set the table. Who brought out those third pillows? I put those up for a reason. They've got holes in them. I don't want Jesus seeing those pillows. And on and on and on. I smell bread burning. I told Mary to take the bread away from the heat so it would not burn. I'm pulling this bread out. Where is Mary? Oh, there's Mary. She's not taking care of the bread or anything else. And so she goes to Jesus because he's Jesus. Is that Jesus, yes, we, we all need to listen to Jesus. We all need to learn from Jesus. Jesus, I want to listen to you. I want to learn from you. I think that might be part of what's going on here. Martha wants to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. She wants to learn from Jesus. She's devoted to Jesus. But, you know, somebody's got to take care of what's going on in the kitchen. And, you know, our homes today are, you know, they're segmented. Here's this room and this room and this room. But, again, the, the context here is this is not some elaborate you know, 100 rooms, there's probably an open setting here and everybody's reclining on the floor. There's a table there and she's over here by the heat preparing things. And, you know, she can hear Jesus' teaching, but she's not focused on Jesus' teaching. She's upset because her sister's not helping her. And so she goes to her sister, her, to Jesus and, and complains about her sister. And, you know, again, Jesus, you, you, the Lord's Messiah, you, you know, it'll come better from you. <laughs> Confront her for me. Tell her she needs to help me because I'm helping everybody else. Verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't say to her, Martha, just put down the plates, put down the dishes, come sit and listen. He didn't tell her to stop serving. In fact, I, I don't know. I, again, this is the only place in the Gospels we have this. It's always so helpful when you have other accounts you can compare and kind of piece more together. So I, I don't want to chase too many rabbit trails here, but, but, but I do wonder if Jesus here, by, by not telling her, you know, stop doing that and come do this, if he's not just kind of going straight to the heart issue, because the, the heart issue here was not that Martha was, was serving. I mean, Jesus calls us to serve. That there's a gift of hospitality. Inviting people into your home, preparing a meal for day. These are good things that we're called to do. And so it's not that, you know, Martha's over here, you know, placing an online bed or something. You know, stop it, don't do that. I think Jesus here is he's getting to the heart issue, and the, the heart issue for her, he says, it's anxiety, you're, you're anxious, and you're troubled. And that word troubled um, is another word for distraction. It can be translated as distraction. You're, you're anxious, and you're distracted. And again, we, it's not hard for us to understand what she's you know, anxious about. 
where's the salt? Where are the bowls? Where's this? Where you know, she's not helping me, but but I think somewhere in there, what we see is she she goes from I'm I'm inviting Jesus into my home. I'm going to serve Jesus and these others, and she goes from this act of service to this kind of bitterness welling up in her heart towards her sister. And it seems the root of that is this anxiety and this worry and this trouble. And again, we, we, we can get there pretty quick, can we? I mean, maybe you, you have a habit or a practice or, or discipline of, you know, when you go to bed at night that you're going to spend some time in prayer. It's real easy to go from prayer time to anxiety and worry time, isn't it? Here's some people I need to pray about. Oh, man, I'm worried about so-and-so. Oh, I probably need to do this. You know, the last time I did this, they didn't even thank me for doing this. Well, maybe I'm not going to do that. Oh, man, I forgot tomorrow. I've got to do, oh, i got to go back to the kitchen and get the kids. Oh, I forgot to, oh. And then we, we go from, you know, devoting ourselves to prayer and supplication and thanksgiving to I'm worried that my kid's not going to have whatever socks they need for whatever thing there is tomorrow. It's really easy to get there. It's easy to be there now. It's entirely possible that someone, maybe not here, but, you know, at Parkway or Mill Creek or somewhere else, for your sermon bulletin, not to have notes in it about the sermon, but to have your to-do list for this week. <laughs> or restaurant options for lunch later. Or tic-tac-toe. Or art. Some of you are very good artists. You know, when you leave these things in the pew, we look at them later on. We used to have some masterful hangman players that sat in that back corner. Not any of you guys, but it was second service. We can get so distracted. By so many things. And I think that's that's the heart issue here that Jesus is addressing with Martha. He doesn't say stop and sit down. He addresses this issue of her heart. And again, I, I think it helps to, to kind of get there and look at it that way because we, 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 are, we are busy people and busyness isn't sin. And activity isn't sin and serving is not sin. And the longer you live, the busier you are, and the more responsibilities you have. And some of you have insane uh, responsibilities in your life. And, and I don't think the proper application of this passage is, well, you just need to stop doing everything, and you need to spend more time sitting down in front of your Bible and prayer. Although, sitting down in front of your Bible and prayer, you do need to do. But when you're doing all these other things, you're still called to be devoted followers of Jesus. You don't clock in and clock out of that. You don't just devote yourself to Christ for 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or an hour a day. You are to devote yourself. I am to devote myself to the Lord all day long in all things. Psalm 1, that the blessed man does what? He meditates on God's Word day and night. And I think the picture here, especially in the context of this day and age and all that they would be doing to prepare, the picture here is we are to devote ourselves as we're making bread, as we're setting the table, as we're preparing the food. These are an act of service towards the Lord and His people. 
And so you, you need to learn how, I need to learn how, we, we devote ourselves to Jesus in all things at all times. On your way to work, when you're at work. When you're going through the task of your day, when you're taking the kids to baseball, when you're getting them ready for church, when you're packing for vacation, when you're doing the billions of things that you might be anxious and worried about today, and all those things, we are called to be devoted followers of Jesus. And I think the issue here is not that Martha is so busy, it's that in her busyness, she's anxious because in her busyness, she's not devoting herself to Christ. She's comparing herself to others, frustrated at her sister. She's focusing on the wrong person at the table. When she could have been just as well walking around, getting these things ready, and just, just listening to Jesus. And, you know, I think women have a unique ability to do multiple things and to listen, and perhaps men do not have this as well. At one of those gatherings we had, I was thinking about this very thing that I was in a separate part of the house having a conversation while my wife was three rooms away having a conversation and I mentioned her name in my conversation and she heard me from three rooms away and responded to what it was I was talking about in the other rooms. You, you can do that. And it's entirely possible as she is doing what she's doing to, to be devoted to Christ and what she's doing, just as it is for us in all things at all times to be meditating on the Word, to be trusting in Christ. Because that's, that's what Christ offers us. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundant. This is the abundant life. It is the life lived in service to Christ in all things at all times. Well, that's easier said than done. Because in this life that is to be lived and to be abundant in Christ in all things at all times, we get worried and we get anxious and we get distracted by so many things. Jesus then said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so as we are going through our days and as we find ourselves becoming burdened and anxious and worried, which again, we, we can do at all times, in all things. We can go from being devoted to Christ, trusting Christ, to being worried and being anxious and being overwhelmed. And, and Jesus just keeps saying, come, come to me. Come to me. Keep, keep coming. Keep a little bit further. Keep coming. And I think that's what he's saying to Martha. Martha, just come. Just, just trust in me. You're worried about so many things. There's one thing you need to be focused on, and it's, it's me. We're called to meditate on God's Word, so we certainly need to open up God's Word, and we need to listen to God's Word. But that meditation doesn't end when we close our Bibles. That, that's why it's important that we have a discipline of memorizing the Word and hearing the Word and trusting in the Word so that we might then recall the Word throughout the day. Whatever it is, Jesus says here, we're to choose the good portion, which I believe is him and devotion to him. But it is so easy to get distracted from that. And so as we prepare to come to the table together, I want you to consider the question I put there is the third 
observation in your outline. Really, it's just a question for application. What's distracting you from listening to Jesus? What's distracting you from being devoted to Jesus? Well, what's distracting you this morning from just trusting in Jesus in all things at all times? And, and the Lord's table, I think, is a good place to ask those questions. Because the Lord's table, it reminds us that we are easily distracted. The, the story of Scripture, I think there's a thread that goes from beginning to end that involves the Lord's table. In creation, what do we see? We see God prepare a table before Adam and Eve, and that table is the garden. There's this focus in Genesis 2 and 3 of eating. He, he puts a garden before them. He puts paradise before them. That, that, that is the table. And he says, come and eat freely of anything here, but that don't let that tree be your distraction and preoccupation, and yet it becomes that. They eat of it. That fellowship is broken. And yet we have this reminder, this thread throughout the scripture of what? That, that God is the God who prepares a table. The 23rd Psalm, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> that this picture of our benevolent, sovereign God who despite our failures and our sin and our distractions continues to remind us that, that He is the provider he is the table setter. He is the one who lays it out before us. And he invites us to come and to eat. But because of our sin, because of our father Adam's sin, because of our sin nature, we can't just freely come to that table. But Jesus says, now we can through him. And so as he prepares to go to the cross, what does he do? He prepares a table. And you might be thinking, well, you know, actually the disciples did, and he told this person. <laughs> but what's the picture there? He's standing over the table. He is presenting to them these representations of his body and blood. To remind us of this truth, that this theme throughout Scripture, that they, and he invites us to come and have perfect fellowship with him. Because one day in a new heaven and a new earth, what does he do? He invites us to come to a table. He prepares a table before us. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And we feast. And we bring nothing to that table. It's not a potluck. It's not bring a dish. It's not get ready. It's not fret and worry and get anxious. We come and we receive. And friends, that's what we do today. We, we come and we receive that which the Lord has provided. And so perhaps as we come today and prepare to come today, maybe there's some things you're worried about and anxious about that Jesus just wants you to, to hand over today and to trust in Him with them. And that doesn't mean the anxiety and worry goes away because 10 seconds later you're going to be anxious again. What, he says, keep coming to me and keep trusting in me. That this table is a reminder that God is our provider. This table is a reminder that it is so easy to get distracted from our devotion to Him. This table is a reminder to come and trust and eat. And so we're going to do that now. I want to invite our deacons to come forward as we prepare to come to the table together.